The mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. Powerhouse, <laughs> baby. All right, welcome back to another episode of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Shellcast. I'm your host for today, Chris, joined as always by my brothers, Andrew. What's going on, Andrew? Hey, how's it going? And John, how we doing, John? Yeah, happy Sunday. Awesome. All right, so before we dig into this episode, uh, we do have some updates. First and foremost, we are now available for download on, I think, pretty much every podcast streaming platform, or most of them. Um Thanks to Andrew for doing all the editing over the past week of the first, what do we have, six episodes now? Yep, first six are up. Um, seventh should be done soon. And then uh, seventh and eighth. And is this our ninth episode? Uh, recording? This, is eight. Eight, this is number eight. Eight, eight. yeah. So I think uh, I read a statistic that like only 10% of podcasts make it to episode past episode seven. So... Shout out to us. Upper, we, we survivors. Yeah. Uh, but we also we also are uh, working right now to get everything loaded to YouTube as well. So we'll be on uh, major podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Amazon, Anchor. Um, Spotify. Spotify, yep. And then uh, we'll also be on YouTube. So you can either catch us. Uh, there if you want to check out the video or just uh, listen to the audio on any of the podcast platforms yep and then outside of that we'll also be uh, getting up on social media so twitter i think it's at tmnt shellcast and same for instagram so you guys should see those coming up soon we'll have twitter polls some interactive stuff i think hopefully we can get some voicemails going um so that's all stuff to look forward to coming up which is awesome yeah, and we've got um, we've got the website too, so you can check us out at tmntshellcast.com. So that will primarily just be links to the content, but also uh, I think we may keep the backlog of um, turtleisms and all and um, you know pizza scores and all that stuff on the website. And then the other thing I want to mention uh, that Chris just touched on is the listener voice messages. So this is something that. We, uh, I've never done before. I don't know if you guys have on any of your other shows. I don't, I don't have any other shows. Yeah. I have not. My other show isn't sophisticated enough to handle a voicemail. Yeah, so we'll give it a try. If anyone wants to call in, leave a message, comment, a question, um, we'll play them in future episodes. So check that out. The link is in the podcast description. Awesome. Um, so today's episode, we are on Season 2, Episode 3 of the show it came from beneath the sewers uh probably a more toned down episode from the last ones but we do have some segments for you guys we've got a reptile draft we've got i think a show and tell uh andrew if i'm not mistaken yep um we'll update our villain rankings we'll do some turtleisms um and we'll go from there so this episode air date october 15th 1988 uh do you guys know what famous sporting events happened that day so a particular play in baseball that's world famous think the 80s in the world series kirk gibson's the yankees oh. game-winning home run 
on two bad legs runs around the bases. That's when he was doing like yeah that right yep <laughs> Vin Scully's uh, famous call. But before we get into the episode, as always, we're gonna do pizza time. Pizza time. I was the unfortunate loser of the last episode. So if you guys can see, that is like desiccated liver. Dump on your pizza. Yeah. So desiccated liver apparently is just dehydrated liver, uh, which is primarily used as a supplement. So I had to buy some pills, which I then emptied onto this piece of pizza. I'll be honest, I was a little bit excited because I, I like chicken liver. But this is the worst smelling thing I think I've smelled in a while. So it smells like a pet store, a dirty pet store in here. But unless anybody has any comments, we're going to give it a go. No, desiccated liver, high in vitamin B12. Is it B? How uh, how many capsules did you break open? So I did one. The crazy thing is that the bottle recommends four to six pills per day. But it said to start with two to four. I this is one. It covered pretty much the entire slice, so I'm just sticking with one here. Hmm. Ooh, Ooh, crunchy crunch! Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's disgusting. <laughs> what do we got? Is it like a typical organ organ meat? Like tastes like dog food to be honest. Ugh. It's. A little minerally, like you would expect from an organ, but it's just so dry. I think it's a, a one. <laughs> okay. Oh, maybe the worst. Dog later. Maybe the worst. It's definitely today. the worst one I think we've done. I have. Um, I've been keeping track of how we've rated each of the pizzas, number wise, and as I, I've been listening back through just to to go. So right now, well. Across the three of us, that would be the worst pizza. That's a one out of ten. Andrew, the it goes for in order of worst to best. So we've done seven pizzas this time, I think. Yeah. It's desiccated liver at the bottom, pepperoni and ice cream, two out of ten. Anchovies and peanut butter was a three out of ten. Whipped cream four. Um wheat germ was seven and raisin bran was eight out of ten. I I'll still am thinking about the raisin bran pizza. Yeah, cocoa puffs. You were just too busy it. sucking yeah. that thing down, so I'm gonna put NA because it was. It doesn't even count because it wasn't even. Yeah, I'm doing ten out of ten. I would imagine that would be in the top half, though. It's, it's gonna be yeah. somewhere to yeah. raisin bran. I'm I'm making the executive decision. I'm going <laughs> ten out of ten on that pizza right now. Cocoa puffs. So yeah, cocoa puffs is the liver. high water mark. Yeah, desiccated liver is the worst so far. So. Yeah, so we did. We'll go through them. We got a couple of new, I think a couple of new pizza flavors this episode we can replenish the wheel with, but that was disgusting. Mm. So we're going to dig into the episode recap now. Uh, we start off with another artsy opening as we've become accustomed to with the show. I think we got a little reflection in a puddle with a plane flying overhead, which was nice. Um, but we, we start with the turtles. They're back in the turtle van. This appears to be the version, as Andrew talked about last week, where everybody can kind of cram into the front seat. So they're all crammed in there. They've got April. Donnie is holding the crystal converger that we were introduced to last episode, and they're back on the hunt for the missing crystal pieces. Um, So they're driving around. It brings them to a carnival uh, within the city, it appears. 
and they pull up, hop out, and begin their search. Yeah, as they as they were driving, um, and the crystal converger was directing them, the the like background sound that the thing was making sounded a lot like R two D two in my mind. That's the dojo, the dojo music. No, not the not the music. It was the actual noise that the crystal converger oh, was making. Gotcha. It was like people, 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 people. Sound a lot like <laughs> it's like a, I picture it like a honing device where it beeps like faster as you get closer, something yeah. like that. Yeah, and then I was like, I <clears throat> can, I guess Donnie can just understand and read this thing, right? Yeah, he just knows how to like manipulate something. it. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a pretty basic. As advanced, I guess, as it is, if it's alien technology, it just seems like a pretty basic, like hot and cold. When you're close to the crystal, it gets, it turns redder, beeps faster, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it glows. Well, like it's like it told me to turn, it says turn right here. Yeah. Yeah. All, all I know is the turtle van is awesome. Like every time <laughs> it makes an appearance, it's, it's great. Yeah. I do like how I don't remember it being used this much. Maybe because I'm just, I remember mostly the movies, but they're just all over the place with the turtle. It's awesome. Yeah. So they pull up to the carnival. Meanwhile, back in Dimension X, Shredder is there with Krang and he's kind of giving him the recap of what happened. Krang's all excited finally because he thinks Shredder did something. He got this crystal piece and Shredder immediately gives him the bad news that, hey, we lost the piece. He throws Baxter right under the bus. Um, and then basically begs for help saying, listen, Krang, if I don't have these crystal pieces, I'm not going to be able to get the turtles. I need you to help me out. So Krang, in his, I guess, infinite wisdom, finally agrees to help Shredder and instantly hits a button on a machine, locates the missing crystal piece and tells him, you know, he gets even a little printout that says, here's where it's at. Shredder immediately recognizes that it's at the carnival and presumably goes off to find it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Baxter accidentally threw out the crystal, which is like unbelievable. It's bad guy 101. Like, yeah. do not do throw the thing away. Um, yeah, he's eating again too. He's like, <laughs> what's um what's it called when like you, you're constantly eating? Isn't there like some disorder you have to eat because your mitochondria don't like replenish energy enough or something? Oh, I have oh, no I idea. Know. Oh. Well, he's got something going on. The mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. Powerhouse, baby. <laughs> they just like it feels like they're they're continuing to play up how much of a dope Baxter is. Mm, like yeah. he's just the idiot sidekick that's always eating and messing things up now. I mean, if I was if I was Shredder, Crank just says he basically recalls Shredder back to Dimension X, which maybe it wasn't a choice, but it's like if I'm Shredder, I'm bringing Baxter so that he can feel the wrath of Crank as he has to tell me threw the freaking crystal away. Yeah, which is just like, uh, I don't know, like Shredder to, or Baxter to Shredder is like Shredder to Krang. Basically like the dope Mm. idiot second in command, basically is how it's working out. So Krang basically says, listen, Shredder, go to this carnival. You'll fit right in with all the other freaks there (laughs) and and sends him off on his way. Um, And then we're, we're, you know, we converge at the carnival. So the turtles... They're looking for this crystal piece. Donnie's walking around with the little crystal converger. It's beeping. Um, he notices these two kids that hop off a carousel, and they kind of walk by him, and he's like, all right, these are the two kids that have to have it. April finally decides to spring into action and help out, says, I'll take care of this. You guys wait here. 
she goes off and tries to bribe these kids with three dollars and a credit card which is probably the worst negotiating skill i've ever seen yeah. mm-hmm. um and as she's doing this the turtles get pulled into the big tent by the i guess the circus manager or the ringleader whatever you would call him and basically are, are forced to perform because he confuses them for the main act so as this is going on these kids walk away from april she goes back to the turtles to try and get some money to help negotiate and Shredder and Baxter Stockman are kind of peeking around the corner. They see that these kids have the crystal piece and they kind of step forward to take that. Yeah, I think there's, so there's a lot there. I think one, they're at the carnival and they're not wearing any costumes because they're, they're like going to fit right in right as like performers. So it's not really a worry from April or anybody. And there's a couple of jokes that come where April's like, hey, you guys are green. Like, you're going to get noticed. And Raphael's like, oh, we're green because we're a turtles. I just thought it was something that I ate, kind of mocking <laughs> April, which is like, yeah, Raph, you're a turtle. You're green, obviously. And then Mikey is dominating the carnival game where you throw baseballs at the milk cartons, except he's yeah. hitting them with his nunchucks and he wins like a thousand teddy bears. Yeah. As there's yeah. like a crowd that's just like around him, like chanting. Yeah, the turtles in the circus. I don't know why. I just I feel like it's too too easy. Like this episode setup was too easy. Like of course, turtles, sideshow, circus, like it all goes together. So they played right into that hand. Um, but yeah, I agree. Mikey dominating with the nunchucks like he's hitting the baseball with the nunchuck into a milk carton yeah three times in a row to win endless teddy bears so the carnival itself to me is like a mishmash of like different time like you you look at the background characters and some are dressed like it's like the 1900s and they have like proper top hats and stuff on and then you have the kids who are dressed like 80s youth the turtles are walking around without costumes on which Every episode we have, it feels like it fluctuates between whether they take the time to disguise themselves yeah. or they're just openly running around the city. So here, like they, it was mentioned, I think right when they hop out of the van, they're like, yeah, we don't need the costumes. We'll fit right in. But the last episode we were in, they were running around the entire city with no costumes on and nobody even mentioned it. <clears throat> and then from Mikey's standpoint at the carnival game, it is it's like the classic he's they're they're playing up his dopiness again where everybody's looking for the crystal and he's just off winning prizes and he gets like his stupid joke in where April's like, Hey, we've been you know, we've been looking all around for you and he's like, Why were you looking all around? I've been here the whole time. <laughs> and, the- and she she takes the money, so after seeing after that, once um they're in the circus, like you're running through, then she she takes the money from Mikey. So maybe that's the payback. It's like, Hey, you weren't helping earlier. Give me all the money that you have so I can go buy this crystal. Yeah. Which how, how they even get money or any of that. Who knows? Yeah. I don't, but he tried, he tried to, he tried to, uh, okie doker and say he left it in his other shelf. (laughs) She wasn't, she wasn't buying it. She's like, freaking Michelangelo, just give me your money. Yeah. And I will say in the grand scheme of like them actually being circus performers, they're pretty entertaining. They did the whole clown car thing. I forget what they did something else. I forget what it was. They were like able to grow stuff with water, just like spraying water on it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what that was all about, but yeah, they drive in in a car. They all hop out. The car shrinks. 
and then there's like a little plant that they water and Don and Leonardo sitting on a chair and it like shoots up like Jack and the Beanstalk. Yeah. And then Michelangelo, it, it like freaked me out for a sec because there's like a ladder that they're trying to grow so he can go up and like get Leonardo, but he's like squatting over this ladder and then they pour the water on it. And I was like, what the hell is about to happen here? <laughs> and then it just grows up and like Leonardo shoots him in the face with like the water shooting out of the plant thing. Yeah. So as all this is going on, April's there. She's getting money from Mikey to help buy this crystal back, this crystal shard back. Shredder and Baxter kind of corner these kids. Shredder rips the crystal out of their hands. And they're like, hey, who are you? And he just tells them flat out, I'm from Dimension X. And he like laughs in their face. Yeah. So they stomp on his foot. The crystal goes flying right into Baxter's hands. And then they make off with the little crystal shard that Baxter had lost earlier. Yeah, I think Shredder makes a comment. He's like, hey, hey, Baxter, like, you got really soft hands, like nice catch. It's all it's almost as soft as your head or something. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's Baxter catches the crystal and then he says, good thing I have really soft hands, which was like maybe the most awkward line. And then there's an awkward pause. Yeah. (laughs) And then then Shredder goes, yeah, they're as soft as your head or something like that. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, just completely. I was like, this is weird thing for him to be saying at a kid's carnival too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that wraps up our, the carnival scene. We're going to pause here. We're going to go into our reptile draft. So a little bit different spin on it this time. We're going to do a reptile draft of carnival things. And there's going to be five rounds but it's going to be themed a little bit. So as part of the draft, you need to choose one concession, one ride, one game, like a booth game, one contest, which is more of like a competition, and then one miscellaneous. It could be anything. It could be another one from each category. It could be something entirely different completely. You can pick them in any order. You just have to end the draft with one of each. So I forget. I don't know what the order was last time. Um, I guess we'll go, we'll go in order of age. We'll go Andrew, John, and then me. All right. Hopefully this is the last one we'll have to do without a, uh, designated order. We'll yeah. Some mm-hmm. listener engagement yeah. there. Um, all right. I'm going to just start top of the list. So a little backstory before I name on, I had never been to a carnival or a fair that I can remember until I moved to Idaho. Pretty old home day we went to. Yeah, but I wouldn't call that a, a true, yeah, not a full-size fair. Or a carnival, like with big rides and stuff. Like the Big E, I think, in Mass, in Springfield, Mass, is probably the closest, but I, I'd never gone to that. Um, but There used to be one out in uh, Lake Barrie, wasn't there? There's the Spencer Fair, there's the Sterling Fair, there's a couple around in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, my first experience, Western Idaho Fair, um, also, at that first appearance, I also had my first corn dog, which is what I'm naming for my concession. Corn dog, Great I think, pick. is the ultimate fair food because it's on a stick. It's a hot dog. It's a little sweet. It's a little savory. It's got protein. It's got carbs. You can walk around. You can go on rides with it. Uh, so I'm going corn dog, which I had for the first time. Pronto Pup, shout, shout out to them. Phenomenal. They apparently invented the corn dog in Oregon. First one I had, it was phenomenal. 
that was the first what that was the first corn dog you ever had yeah that i recall ever corn dogs are even a bad corn dog is good too like you can get the frozen ones at the grocery store still great and the thing that's interesting about corn dogs is you can eat like 30 of them yeah and and you you just never you never get full but a hot dog you can only have like a couple before you fill up there's a um right down the street from us a place opened up that does it's like a corn dog little brick and mortar restaurant kind of place that they have all these different varieties and i think i might have to go try one now that you brought it up yeah what what what's your go-to like topping on a corn dog or do you just eat it straight up i kind of just like a nice fresh straight up but i feel like a little mustard on it is good too i go straight up sometimes you get like the batter that's like the honey corn or one or whatever mm. that's when it's really good but if yeah. i have to put something on it i go ketchup Mm. I think um, Pronto Pub offers you can get it like bathed in mustard where they like stick it in a whole thing and it's dripping with mustard. I've done that before. It's too much. Like to me, the whole advantage about corn dog is it's so portable and easy to eat. You don't need to bog it down with putting stuff on it to make it harder to eat. I agree. Okay. That's that's my pick. Okay. I'm going with my first pick. I'm going with a ride. I'm going bumper cars. Damn. Nothing. Just, yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess the way I'm thinking about this is like I need to take the one on one for a category, and I think bumper car is just the fact that it's yeah. the best game. I, I it's not really. I guess I really wouldn't consider go karts, obviously, but bumper cars because you can just ram people. It's always like a little rickety, so someone's car is just spinning in a circle in the corner, and like they can't work. So I'm going bumper cars is my first pick. You're going that with a game versus a ride. No, that's, that's a ride. ride. Yeah. Oh, ride. ride. Okay. Yeah. yeah I thought you said game earlier. I was like, no, no, no. That's a ride. Yeah. That I was on my list too. Bumper cars. It's good for young kids. It's good for old people. It's, yeah. It's all, all around, all ages, fun, always. Yeah. And it's like some of these rides that'll come up, you can find elsewhere. Bumper cars really only exist in carnivals and fairs. It's hard to find it. Like it's usually not in a lot of amusement parks or anything like that. Yeah. Um, nice. All right, so I'm going to go with my first pick. I'm going to start with the category I think is the there's the least options for, and that's going to be contests. I'm going with the pie eating contest. Ooh. Just a classic. Again, Andrew mentioned it before. You can get people of all ages, old, young. You can get fat people, skinny people. Just line them up at a table. I like the versions where they just tie their hands behind their back, and you just have to go face down into the pie. Mm. Um so I'm going with pie eating contest as my contest choice, just because I think it's the thinnest category. What pie, if you were holding a pie eating contest, what pies would you put down for people to eat? Um, see, this is tough. You want everybody to go the same. I think the first thing people are going to say is apple pie because it's the most common, but I think you want a smaller berry so it's easier to eat. So I'd go probably blueberry pie and yeah. you get the vi- a better visual for people that are watching. Yeah. Blueberry would have been my pick. I was going to say cherry. Cherry, that's a good one. That's a classic yeah. one. Um, all right. Contest out of the way. We're going to go two concessions. I'm going fried dough. So classic, corn dog would have been my number one choice. I think that's more of a fair food. But fried dough, it's at every fair. It smells incredible. That's one of the best things when you walk in and you smell the fried dough stand. Just bury it in powdered sugar. The best ones are like you get a paper plate and it's like twice the size of your paper plate. 
and you just walk around you make a mess but it's absolutely yeah, you're, delicious you can like bite the edges off the plate like you work mm. your way around yeah around first yeah and you can't the wait corn dogs are awesome but you can get frozen corn dogs at the grocery store you can't replicate fried dough like they have it at a carnivore fair yeah. so i'm going fried dough with my uh, concession pick are we um are we considering fried dough and a funnel cake to be the same thing i think they're similar is that what you're gonna pick? Oh, I yeah, know. I mean, I had I don't know. I had they're funnel technically cake. Different. Yeah, <laughs> I would I would group them. I had funnel cake for my miscellaneous. I would say funnel cake, elephant ears, and fried dough are all in the it's same okay. theme. That's elephant ear is like a bigger, thinner fried dough. I don't know if it's just here in the West they call them elephant ears, but I can't find fried dough. I find elephant ears, which are like this big, Holy like Jesus. they're massive. Um, but not as good in my opinion because fried dough has more vertical thickness to it. Yeah, you get a little bit of the chew factor, which yeah. I think is important. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah, that's a good pick. Okay, so we've I think we've got picks, ride, concession, contest. Ride can so I think if I it's either miscellaneous or do I do the number one game? I think I'm gonna do the number one game. This is tough. I think my favorite, I'm going to go game category and it's going to be, it's going to be the one where you're, it's like five or six people lined up and you all have a, wa- a water gun and you're aiming at it and you're aiming to try to hit the center of the bullseye. And as you hit it, your, your thing goes across oh, the screen. Guys moving. The, yeah. yeah. If yeah. you're the most up there, you win. So I don't know what that game is called, but it's where you're it's shooting. Game. Yeah. Water gun yeah. game. That's what I'm going with my second pick. I like that. True games one. are, I mean, classic game. There's a bunch of different ones. I don't want to ruin them all, but a, a classic shooting game is hard to beat. Yeah, because it's also interactive because you're trying to, you know, beat other people. Um, so Chris took my ride, or John took my ride. I had bumper cars. Chris took my miscellaneous. I had funnel cake. So I'll go with the other two I have on here. So game, I'm going ring toss. It's a classic, old school. Again, like anyone can play it. Sometimes you want to throw five. Sometimes you want to throw 500. Um, but I like a good old ring toss on the bottle. And then for contest, I did the high striker. So like the big hammer thing that you like mm. try to use all your might and smash the pad so that it shoots up your score, like your vertical height score. That's so a I genius. Consi- I had that as a game. I had it Damn, as a contest because yeah. I think it, it's You're a right. test. You are. It's a strength tester. Yeah, strength like every tester. guy that goes to a carnival will walk past that thing and at some point take a swing at it. Yeah, uh, just, just the sound of that bell just dinging. Yeah. Even though the game's rigged, they're all rigged. Yeah. So, yeah, those two I feel pretty good about. I feel pretty strong about. That's I, like a, that. I mean, that's a genius. Yeah. To take that as a contest is just a genius move. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So, if I... I think the only one that I've left that you guys... So... You both chosen a contest and a concession, so theoretically, I don't need to pick those with this next pick because. Yeah, Andrew has a game. No one as else well. can pick them. Yeah, yeah. I have a ride in a game, so I I think I would need to go miscellaneous, but that one is such a wild card. I feel like. So I think what I'm going to do here is I'm going to go. Contest, and I'm going to go. Balling. What is it? What is it? the pig calling contest oh yeah where like those you get people yeah <laughs> those are those are it's a midwest thing adrian i'm sure you probably have experienced those more those, those are incredible yeah it's like do you know what it is andrew 
you you have to get like the pig over to you or you have to like what is it it's like i I guess it's people who live on farms but it's like you go up there and however you would normally call a pig like whatever their name is you just go up there and try to be as like cool or fun or whatever as possible and there's a panel of judges that pick okay you have the best pig call yeah and it's like and there's like it's just like people go crazy they do there's spin-offs of like turkey and duck calling and they have i saw one that was a husband calling contest I saw that. That was funny. Where it was just like old ladies yelling for their husband they're they're pretty good uh, that was a good pick all right um so john said there's not a lot for miscellaneous I i'm gonna take no, my I miscellaneous right now i was gonna say that it's just a wild card so it could be like anything i feel like yeah this one this is something i want to have on my list and it's the carnies themselves. Amen. For the miscellaneous. Just a complete freak show of people with either like fresh out of prison or they just look like they have crazy backgrounds and tattoos. There's usually even a couple like freaks mixed in. So the carnies themselves, it's not a good carnival unless you're uncomfortable getting on the rides <laughs> because it looks like the person operating it doesn't know what they're doing. So nothing better than a carny, and then you get the ones that run the booth just there to rip you off. So to me, that makes the carnival. Um, what do I have left here? I have my ride. And I have my game. game. Um, you know what? I'm just going to do it for my game. We saw it in the episode. I'm going with the milk bottle knockdown. Stack them up. Throw a baseball. Every guy thinks they're the best at it. So you just have, you know, teenage and 20 to 30 year old guys firing baseballs at these things to impress girls. They never hit them. You can never win because they're weighted and it's a ripoff. So I'm going with the milk bottle game. That's a bad pick. I'm just going to say it. It's it's the most iconic game there is at a carnival, except for maybe the ring toss. Like, I don't know, I like darts, those. darts at the balloons, to me, that, is was, my, than, was, that was my backup. The underinflated dull dart balloon game, they just yeah. bounce off. <laughs> or the, um, there's one I feel like where you like, you got a little fishing pole, I and that. you can like go and pull it up, and that's better than the freaking milk game. No. It's actually a Classic, John. We're doing classic carnival games. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. You said the milk bottle, oh, where you're throwing the baseball at it. Oh, Andrew yeah. picked ring toss. Yeah. yeah. And on the top of the thing. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> it's just I mean, it's, I'm pretty sure it's the first ever carnival game ever invented. Yeah, I mean, okay. John took water gun game, which, I mean, you better hope that every carnival has that or the pole is going to be going out of your face. I mean, Chris, not every not every carnival has a pig calling. So I'm going. The yeah, you're going niche. John's going kind of yeah. passionate, FIBA passionate. Okay. What's your final? All right, I have. No, I have two. I have concession and miscellaneous left. Yeah. Because we got to go back All right. one more time. Back one more time. Okay. All right. I think I'm going for um, miscellaneous. No, I'm going to go concession. I'm going, I'm going kettle corn, I think. Wow. Because <clears throat> fried dough funnel cake was definitely number one in my book. Andrew with the corn dog was strong. I was between kettle corn or like ice cream stand or soft pretzel, but I went kettle corn. So that's, that's my pick there. It's a classic. It's good. There's just such a wide variety of how it's cooked. 
where like if you don't like it a certain way you can get yeah kind of screwed over when you buy it you know what's good too though you ever like in um there's a um what is it called outlet shopping in massachusetts rent them and there's a stand there that guy sells nuts Oh, like, yeah. oh, like, yeah. oh my god, cinnamon, it's the cinnamon on it, and all that. That's pro oh. sells them at the register. It's, it's like it talks so good, check out. yeah, yeah. But that's anyways, a big, um, the nuts are big out here around Christmas, too. Like, you can, um, buy them outside okay. of the, the grocery stores where they're roasting, like the cinnamon almonds mm-hmm. and all that. It's awesome, yeah. big nuts around Christmas, <laughs> huge nuts. The big ones rise to the top, right, John? Yeah, they do, yeah. big balls, yeah. Um, all right, so I've got my finale here. So I've got a ride and a miscellaneous. So I'm going to go miscellaneous, and I'm kind of torn between the two I have. I'll mention them both. Uh, so as Wait, a, don't don't mention both because I still got to pick mine. Yeah, but you, you won't have either of these. Um, but I can pick one. I mean, all right, I'll go. Um, my miscellaneous is your child asking if they can go one more time on the ride after you get off it like a hundred times that's uh that happens every time we go to the fair harvey's like can i just do it one more time please (laughs) classic or you hear you hear other kids like crying with their parents they just want to go one more so that's my miscellaneous and then ride uh you got you guys took or Chris at least took the ride I was thinking of bumper cars you haven't even taken a ride yet no I took bumper cars John did okay John took bumper cars yeah. I'm going I'm going uh Ferris wheel. Yeah. Uh was good to one. I don't Just personally iconic. I personally don't like riding it, but you know you're at a legit fair when like you can see the Ferris wheel from like a mile away and the lights are on and yeah. And the smaller fairs have the one that's like if it, the wind blows too hard it might tip over. Yeah. Where you can only like there's a weight limit on every every yeah. seat. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going Ferris wheel. I feel I feel good about that pick. I like it. Okay, my so I have miscellaneous left here. Um, I think what I'm going to go is that's ah, tough. I think I'm just going to go with the ticket prizes, like the tickets that you get from winning all of the small games, and just what like is stupid. Why wouldn't you just pick the prizes? You're taking the tickets. Huh? No, the, the ticket prizes. prizes. Yeah, the no, prizes, the crappy the tickets. I was like, no. well, you could pick that. <laughs> no, like the crappy, like, like the conversion rate is like, yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm going all, all the little prizes. mini prizes, like the kazoo's and like the little plastic rings, like spider rings and things. Slap like bracelets. So yeah, you don't even sticky, want you don't want hands. like the teddy bears and the stuff. You just want the little cheap ones. Well, the those are for if you win the games. I'm talking about if you win tickets, ticket that you can trip. Yeah. yeah, ticket redemption, which are like, I mean, there's like the really like you win a lot, you get like a Nerf gun and thing. But no, I'm just going all the various prizes, gumballs, and yeah, like the dollar store stuff that you could buy yeah. yourself for like a dollar. Yeah. But yeah, but it doesn't mean as much. Yeah. All right, my last pick. We're closing it out with a ride. Andrew, I was going to take Ferris wheel. Andrew took that. We're going to go. I don't like this ride personally, but it's just iconic. The Tilt a Whirl. Yeah, can't beat a tilt a whirl. One of the more dangerous ones. People puking, and it's. I would say it's got the best name of any ride around. Which one is this? Like this is the one that it's. It, you're on a thing and it spins, but it also tilts as you go. 
Yeah, you're usually, usually like, like against the wall. The outside. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So hmm. that that wraps it up. We'll do some honorable mentions. Uh, Andrew, if you have any that didn't get taken. Uh, yeah, my other miscellaneous was uh, standing in line. Again, this is coming from a from a dad perspective, but standing in line uh, or, or about to get in line and saying to your child, do you have to go to the bathroom? And they say no. <laughs> And then you get to the front of the line and they're like, I have to go to the bathroom right now. So you have to leave the line, go to the bathroom and get back in. <laughs> it's a classic. Um, as I mentioned, I did have funnel cake because again, I, I'd never had that until I had come to Idaho and it's delicious and you can do I'm it. Told. Yeah. It's, it's real good. Yeah. At least, at least was saying that it's about a thousand times better than fried dough. Isn't it just a crispier, they do the spiral with the thing, right? It's like the it's, same thing. It's yeah, it's like strands that they they'll have like a squirt bottle and they'll squirt in and make it into like a, a grid kind of pattern. So it's it does get crispier, but I think the biggest thing I've noticed is the toppings for funnel cake are way more vast than fried dough. Mm. So people like it because they have like whipped cream on it, they have uh strawberries, they've got you know, sprinkles, all that. So that's a good one. And then my other ride, I had wooden roller coasters because that's kind of you know, I remember going to Six Flags in Springfield and that was kind of a cool throwback, even though you get whiplash every time you ride them. It's kind of cool to see how far roller coasters have come in what, like 50 years where they were all wooden. And now you've got these things where you're like hanging on by a string and you're getting flipped upside down. So yeah, I think that's yep. it for me. John, Jonathan? Yeah. Honorable mentions. I, as the rides, I had a merry-go-round just as like the most classic, classic. carnival yeah. one carousel but all right yeah we're adults here Fu yeah well whatever they don't call it a sad go round for a reason so um food i had a lot of food on here and i had just done yeah. a, another quick search but like fried oreos or really anything of like the fried variety which nachos like a lot. drippy cheese nachos, nachos as rachel would call turkey turkey leg uh cotton, cotton candy. candy yeah cotton candy sausage and peppers yeah or just a hot dog i mean just a classic hot Spot dog cone street corn all that kind of stuff churros um, I saw one churros yeah churros, churros are good. good and then contests i had like just the biggest like uh pro like biggest pumpkin or biggest squash or biggest whatever i feel like those yeah, are always pretty good. yeah yeah i had those as well um games i had the basketball game where the hoop is like the rim is too small so yeah, you can't I, win it i thought about that because i when i was thinking of um the high striker that the other one that came to mind was the basketball because everyone thinks they can do it and i've never seen anyone ever sink a, a hoop <laughs> yeah. in my entire life so don't it's, do it. I, I don't think that it's that the the rim is more oval it's like wider yeah. than it is not as deep so i think that throws people off i think that's what the trick is um rides i the rides are hard because i don't know the actual names of a lot of them there's like the pirate ship that just swings back and forth. Yeah. And then I had the thing that John went on at Six Flags. I think it's called mm. the Kamikaze, That's where you start, like you swing back and forth, and then eventually you go in a full circle. That wasn't at Six Flags. That was at Woodstock. Whatever. I don't remember that. Yeah. Um, and then just some miscellaneous stuff. I had sand art, which only exists in carnivals for some reason. John loves sand art as a kid. Yeah. This, what is this, old home day? And then just some of the prizes John was talking about earlier. Like the, I had a bunch of stuff that I only think exists. There's invisible ink. I don't know where you get that besides a carnival. 
cap guns seem to only exist as prizes there. Um, or the the little um pop things. Bow, bow and arrow that had the suction cup on the end. Oh yeah. yeah. Or the wooden airplanes that you just throw and then they're made of pulse. Wouldn't they just the inf- like the the inflatable like plastic bats that you could hit people with that you blow yeah. up? Um well yeah, luckily I took I all those prizes. Those are all pr- I took as my miscellaneous. So just to recap what we had, Andrew, you had corn dogs, ring toss, the high striker game. Uh, your kid asking if you could go on a ride one more time and the Ferris wheel. Yep. John had bumper cars, the water gun game, pig calling contest, kettle corn, and ticket prizes. And I had the pie eating contest, fried dough, carnies, the milk bottle game, and the tilt a whirl. Yeah, Reading it back, I think John's going to come in last. Yeah. What? You definitely got the it's worst ride. Andrew. You have absolutely the worst ride. Well, no, mine well, sounds the coolest. And the worst game. I mean, I think Ferris wheels are pretty divisive on rides. People either love them or hate them. Yeah, but everyone loves bumper cars. Yeah, John definitely got the best ride for sure. Yeah, well, that's all. Yes, that's good. We'll leave it to the listeners to determine uh, who who is the worst, and that person will do our next uh, reptile draft. Absolutely. Yeah. So getting back to the episode recap now. Uh, where we left off, Shredder and Baxter had just made off with the crystal. Um, so the turtles head back to the sewers. They go to Splinter, um, and they basically tell him what happened. Hey, you know, we almost had it. We didn't get it. They're very disappointed. Um, and they also point out that the battery in the crystal converger has died, which, again, in this alien technology seems to just run off a battery. They kind of pull the battery out and can't figure out how it works. But it, this is pretty much the low point for them in the in the episode. They're defeated. Um, they're you know they're talking to Shredder a little bit or Splinter, and they don't really know what to do. At that moment, and okay, oh, well, I was going to say from there, they then banish April to go back to her apartment, right? Because they don't want her to be in any danger and they're like you like just legit can't come with us you have to go so before that happens the this um he has another premonition essentially talking to the turtles oh, yeah. isn't that isn't that when the piranha plant blasts through the yeah the so basically wall? and i missed a part shredder and and baxter go back to their laboratory they're analyzing the crystal piece itself for baxter as he has it rigged up in his little machine he's looking at the molecular structure and it just shoots out of the ray beam onto the floor, hits Shredder's boot, and gets some gunk on it. They pick it up, he wipes <laughs> off the gunk, just throws the rag on the ground, and then they notice that it's starting to kind of mutate and grow. So Baxter throws it into his, I guess, analyzer or whatever machine he has. And basically what Shredder says is, hey, this must be some plant debris from when I was in Dimension X. It's starting to mutate. A mutant plant is just what I need to defeat these turtles. Hmm. We don't really yeah. know why, but that's just kind of what he says. Yeah, well, I think I think he mentions briefly that he's trying to flush the turtles out of the sewers because he still doesn't know where they live. So this mutant plant, he thinks, will be a way to get them out of the sewers so that he can then capture them, destroy them, whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, rapidly growing. So there's some interaction with Dimension X, like Protozoa, and whatever the tech on this crystal converger or uh, crystal is because it's now 
started to grow something. We don't really know what it is yet, but just some blob of green mm. stuff is growing. Yep. And Shredder bitches that the, when the crystals shot out of the converger, it messed up the shine on his shoe. And he's like <laughs> mad. He's like, Pax, you freaking moron. Like, you're ruining my shoe shine. Yep. Yeah. So back to the sewer, the turtles tell Splinter that they've, you know, they've messed up. And then at that moment is when this plant just bursts through the wall and starts grabbing them. They fight it off. Um, you know, they, I think Leo slices off an arm or one of the tentacles, whatever it may be. Raph gets grabbed, he cuts it off, and then it kind of shrinks back into the wall. Um, yeah, that was not a good look for Mikey because the thing pops out of the wall immediately wraps him up and he needs Leo to come save him as he's just like getting paralyzed by the thing. And then I think Raphael too gets wrapped up pretty easily. Donatello saves April because she gets grabbed. So plus for Donnie and Leo minus for Mike and Reed and Raph, I think. Yeah. Yeah. They're slicing and dicing though. And I like, as soon as I saw the arm, the, leaf vine come through i just was thinking piranha plant from mario like i feel like mm. is a hundred percent rip off of that bad guy plant in mario it looks like the exact same with the spikes and all that yep but uh yeah the turtles cut some some vines off we get a mondo bizarro in the mix there from uh mikey and uh yeah overall they they handle it pretty well but they're pretty shook so whatever I do have to give props to Baxter because the things he has invented or been involved with have all found the turtles immediately in the lair, the mousers, yeah. the rat catching ultimate rat catching machine. And now this dimension X plant, they all immediately like beeline right to the turtles in the lair. So just confusing because like if sure I mentioned earlier, they can't figure out where they live. Just follow Baxter these things. stuff. Just, they always go directly to the, the turtles. Yeah. This is, I think, the third or fourth time their walls have just been busted through while they've been in their lair. Yeah. Um, so to John's point earlier, this this little scare is what convinces them to send April off to her apartment. Reluctantly, she doesn't want to go. She wants to help them out. But she does go back to her apartment. Um, we get a quick look to Shredder, who basically says, oh, this plant's too slow. We have to figure something else out. Um, and then we're with April in her apartment with Irma. They're sitting down having some coffee, um, kind of talking about what's going on. And Irma just casually mentions like, hey, April, you know, if you don't get a news story out in 24 hours, Burn is basically going to fire you. He's going to tell you to look for another job. So as that conversation is happening, there's a knock at the door. April pokes her head out and they're conveniently on the doorstep is a note from, you know, the turtles. I'll put that in air quotes basically saying, hey, we need your help. Come to this address as soon as possible. Yeah, not to mention before the turtles left April, they said, you know, we need you to be on on comms, basically on the turtle communicator in case we need you. And then she just like, she's like, oh, yeah, like, whatever. I I always want to be part of the action, but I'm fine with that. And then she gets a note and is like, oh, they must need me now, even though they didn't contact me on the communicator at all. Yeah, classic bad guy move. Here's a note from your friends, but I'm going to lure you into a trap. Yeah, signed the turtles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so she runs off. Doesn't even like say goodbye to Irma. She's like, all right, see you later. Heads down to, and I got the address from the episode, 423 Dock Street, which is an actual address in Brooklyn that is a warehouse. 
So this appears to be a real place. It's actually right underneath the Brooklyn Bridge. Is it a real place in 88? It's pretty scenic. I'd imagine it was more, it's, it looks like the neighborhood's been gentrified since then. So I'd imagine it was closer to the rundown area that's shown in the episode. But um, she basically goes right there, knocks on the door, kind of lets herself in. It's empty. And then Shredder immediately grabs her, throws her in a chair, locks her down, and takes her turtle communicator. And prank. I say prank calls the turtles. He, he calls them and says, hey, I've got April you know, come and get her, basically. He's going to lure him into their trap again. Yeah, the turtles, meanwhile, when they get the call, are just bumping down the highway. But the the shot is they're just rumbling over the median of the road as, <laughs> as they get the phone call. And when I'm just like, man, yeah, like, obviously they can't drive, but I think it was just the way that they animated it, but it was just funny to me. Yeah. And, so, you know, April is, she's got, uh, you know, cloth over her face and Raph's like, oh yeah, I can definitely tell that. Well, they know it's Shredder because Shredder's like, hey, it's Shredder. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I have April. And then April like mumbles around and Raph is like, oh, I can tell that's April because I, I could recognize her mumbles. Yeah. He's also, Shredder's just going right through her purse. That's, uh, I'm pretty sure in today's, you know, 2023, that's still uh, not an acceptable move by a <laughs> by a guy yeah even a villain yeah, have some respect yeah. shred yeah shredhead so the turtles race to the warehouse and then kind of right before they go in they're like wait a minute he's probably just waiting for us in there we need to think of a way to get in without it being obvious who we are so ingeniously donnie or michelangelo's like talks about ordering a pizza because he's hungry or something like that and the light bulb goes off that hey Let's just dress as four pizza delivery guys to show up and deliver a pizza to this address. So they get out in costume. They're all holding these pizzas. They knock on the door and say, hey, we're here to deliver a pizza. And Shredder does the old, I didn't order any pizza. Like, what's going on here? Um, at that point, they kick in the door and pie Baxter in the face with a pizza, <laughs> just like immediately rendering him useless. And then um, Shredder's kind of disarmed. They get April freed. And then Baxter and Shredder escape again through like a window in the back, just completely abandoning their little factory and they run off. Yeah, the uh, pizza delivery scene, second oldest trick in the book after, <laughs> you know, I mean, I think Shredder even says something like, I don't remember ordering pizzas, especially ones that are green or from green people or green delivery people. So, uh, yeah, nice. I mean, it worked. It worked. Yeah. Um, Leonardo, too, when they're cutting April loose from the chair. So she's like in a wooden chair that's got like metal cuffs over her arms so she can't get out. And Leo just takes his katana and just he's like, watch out and just wax the braces <laughs> where it's like, you know, when you have a cast and they have that special tool yeah. that can cut through the cast, but not the skin. Yeah, the little Dremel tool thing. Yeah, that always kind of freaked me out. But that's it's like what his katanas are. He just like knows the perfect depth through which to slice. A true ninja. Yeah. Yeah. So they break into the building. They pie Baxter. Do they fight Shredder at all? They just he runs, like, doesn't he? Yeah, they kind of like. I think he's standing by the chair. 
Yeah. And they just like, he just gets kind of like brushed out of the way. They don't actually fight him though. Yeah. Cause like then all of a sudden it's like him and Baxter, are like they slide up a window and they're like, all right, we're out of here. Yeah. See you later. And they just like, just through. right. Yeah. And then, Which, you know, instead of chasing after them, they're like, we need to, I think Leo says we need to go consult Shredder or Splinter. Yeah. I think, I don't know if it's at this scene or immediately after when they're talking to Shredder, but Leo, all of a sudden there's like doubt that creeps into Leo's mind where he's like, we can't stop it. We can't do it. Did you guys pick up on that? It's like the mm-hmm. first time he hasn't been, um, you know, overly Mr. optimistic Optimus. and yeah. And, and, you know, consistent with his rah, rah to the turtles. This is the first time I noticed. I think there was even a sad face on Leo <laughs> when he says he doubts that they can stop Shredder in the, in the giant plant. So it must be because basically right after this scene, which it seems to be a common theme now of like Baxter with, or Shredder with Baxter on his shoulder, just like running outdoors and windows as they like are defeated. But basically right after this scene is when we see that this plan is just going crazy and destroying the city. It's got cars picked up. The vines are coming through the streets and it's just pure chaos. So that must be the point at which, Leo is kind of like, hey, I don't know if we can do this thing. And then we get the most ingenious plan probably of the series so far. So they chase it down to the van. They're looking for kind of the root of the problem, quote unquote. And they decide they get it down in the sewer. And all of a sudden, Mikey comes dressed as a female plant to kind of lure it into a loving I guess state so that they can kill it. So he comes in like, I, I, he's wearing like this like grass skirt and he's got like flowers and stuff and he does this little dance. And then I think it's Leo that just stabs it right in the heart and kills it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had, um, uh, yeah. Mikey dresses a female alien plant. Yeah. So he's seducing the plant, but right before that too, so in between those those two segments, before we get to the the death of the alien plant, we've got so Leo in one scene is doubting if they can stop the plant, and then he and then in the next scene he he calls for battle station assembly in the turtle van. Hmm. I don't know if you guys picked up on that, but I was like back to back where he's like we can't do this, and then he calls for battle station. That's when Raph pops out the right um, door passenger side door. And he's on the laser and he's just firing lasers at this thing above ground. Um, and then somehow, yeah, somehow they, they get back into the sewer. They chase it down to the sewer. There's a hole. Yeah. So yeah, like what, what happened was, yeah. So they, they're chasing it in the van. Raph pops out the side. Like you said, they, there's a initial fight scene with the plant in the alley where Leo gets a trash can put on top of his head. Yeah. He gets rolled up. Here. Chris Leo and Mikey skipped get over the stuck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't remember that part. Yeah. Even yeah. In my notes. I have Leo and Mikey get stuffed right away. Yeah. App like trash can. Like, we said before, it's the most embarrassing move that can happen. So not great. So yeah, they, they're like fighting this thing. They get kind of beat up. Then it shelters back into the sewer and then they go back to their sewer area. And that's when they talk to Splinter and they're just like, we really don't know how we can beat this thing. That's where Splinter's like, oh, it like to solve it, you always need to go to the root of the problem. Yeah, he's talking mm-hmm. in idioms like a badass. Like he's only talking yeah. in code. Everything he's saying has 
like double and triple meanings. Yeah. One of them is the root. And that's ultimately what um, Leo recovers from his trash can trouncing and uh, ends up stabbing it to kill it. Yeah. And then he's sort of. like the, yeah, to, you know, to start to solve a problem, start at step one. And then I think Donnie or Leo's like, oh yeah, like start with the step. And then they find the the, the plant ooze on the ground. And that's when they follow it to the sewer where they find yeah, it. Yeah, which is like a ripoff of the famous like, a journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. Yeah. Like idiom or whatever it's yeah. from. That's like the, like Splinter drops these things, but they're also not his original ideas. He's just paraphrasing famous philosophers. Yeah. yeah like every morning he, he has like the book of quotes that he just wakes up and he like flips <laughs> to the page and he's like, Oh, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, say this one, that one, and this one today to the turtles to inspire. Yeah, so it's like motivational calendar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There was also when they were fighting the, the plant above ground, where Leo gets put in a trash can, Mikey like freaks out. Yeah. He basically, he's like, I'm sick of this plant. Like it's invading the sanctity of our sewer home. And he's like yelling like a wild man. Yeah. He go, he like loses it. Yeah. And I, I, I don't like, know what the trigger was. He, he just comes in and he's like, enough is enough. We're going to end this. Yeah. yeah. He freaks out. He's like bipolar. Yeah. Uh, he's, yeah. Or he's hangry or something. I don't know. Yeah, and then yeah, they're then they're fighting this thing in the sewer, and then when Mikey came out in his floor, he was Flora. When he came out in his costume, I was just my jaw dropped. Yeah. I was like, "What is this?" Because when they were fighting originally, I was like, "Where the heck is Michelangelo? Like, what's going on here?" And then they're like, "Yeah, you should like Mikey, like kiss it on the lips," and he goes, "I'd like to kiss it on the plant." Yeah, <laughs> so, and then doesn't he? And at that moment, doesn't he whip out the uh, nunchucks and just start bashing it? Yeah, starts yeah. whacking on the head, and then yeah, yeah Leo stabs it. Dude, yeah, it was, the, oh. the monster itself is, it just has a thousand eyes that for no reason, basically, I noticed. Like the ten, obviously, it's the tentacles are the most like dangerous thing. But you would think, like all these other villains or the bigger villains have had like something that they then morph into, where this plant is just like all tentacles, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah, but we get our first we get our first death, our turtle induced death mm. of the series. A TID, yeah. if you will. Of a living of a living thing. I mean, that's significant. We haven't seen any other living thing be killed by the turtles. Fact. And it was like a pretty just he just went in like there was no real yeah. debate messing just, around. Yeah. He just stabbed it right, right in the heart or the yeah. root, or whatever you want to call it. So Leo uh, has finally has blood on his hands. Mm-hmm. alien blood yeah so one if we're keeping a kill count that's one for leo zero for everyone else mondo bizarro um and then we kind of get a, what we've now become accustomed to which it seems like in season two these little comical scenes at the end where they're all kind of sitting around april brings in this plant um and there's kind of like the little conversation of like oh what kind of plant is this and then it, i forget who it bites on the nose Mikey. Um, yeah, Mikey. And it's like, oh, it's a Venus fly trap. And he's like, oh, I wish I knew that earlier. <laughs> and then the episode kind of ends there. Yeah, quick, quick wrap up. A lot of action. And then it just ends. So, and that, that like seems to be, I think I'm just, it's just the way they write it now is like, there's more of the in between story than there is like the actual battles at the end. The battles seem to, especially the final battles seem to wrap up pretty quickly in each episode. Yeah. Yeah. So we're left. Shredder is he's escaped, and we don't really know where he is. We yeah. We end with the 
the turtles beating the piranha plant, but still the crystal. I think at this point, Shredder still has the crystal, right? You would, and this is like, yes, we're kind of yeah. in the same spot as the last episode where it ends. Yeah. You have to assume that he has it, even though it wasn't, I don't think he clearly took it with him. But the turtles are basically in the same spot they were. They have the converger with a now dead battery um, and no mm-hmm. crystal pieces. They've defeated the monster. And then Shredder and Baxter, although they were defeated, seem to have run off at least with, with their goal intact of, of getting that crystal piece back. Yeah. Yeah. So the real question is, you know, will they use it for more mutations? Like, are they going to use that now that they know what it does? Because it also shrinks. That's the same one that shrinks, shrunk the turtles, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Shrinks That's the only one yeah, so far. Yeah. Yeah. So it's got, I mean, it's got a ton of potential uh, villainous power to it. Um, let's see what happens. Do they find the other two? Do they continue the story? Uh, we'll see. And has like his Baxter, he was obviously analyzing what it could do. Has he figured it out anyway? Like, are they going to be able to, because it seems like everything to this point with that crystal has been by chance that it's done it. So yeah. can they figure out a way to actually intentionally do some of this stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of segments, we have turtleisms for the episode. I had a list here. Cowabunga! Um, the first one I had was a cowabunga. We get from Mikey while he's playing the um, milk bottle game at the carnival. I think he shouts cowabunga before he fires in the baseballs. Actually, yeah, I had that one. I had one before that, though. It was April in the turtle van, and she says story of the decade. Um, That is, whether it's story of the decade or story of the century, that is a common turtleism that comes from, from April. So I think we should add that one. Got the Cowabunga that Chris yep. had as well. What'd you have next? Uh, next, I had the Mondo Bizarro. That's again yep. from Mikey while he's fighting the plant in the first battle or after the first battle. Um, next, I have a Let's Hall shell. We got yeah. from Leo while they're driving. This is oh, after man. the phone call from Shredder when they're in the factory and he's he's racing over to help April. Yeah, and that, and that scene too, when he says it, there's a floor shifter in the van that has like drive one, two, three, four, five, fifth gear. They were oh. in first gear driving over the median on the, in the <laughs> avenue that they were in. So it's like no idea what they're doing. It's interesting that that the turtle van is a stick shift one. Yeah. I thought and it was on the, the drive stock too. It's so like, it would in that van, if, if it's actually based off that van, the Dodge van, a 100 would have yeah. been a column shift. And I don't think, I think those are, Three on the tree. I don't think it has five gears or six. This is I guess if five gears. Hers. Yeah. So clearly a modification from from uh, Donatello. Um, and the last the last turtle was in my head was we got a turtle power, which I think is the first one or maybe the second one. Um, this is the second time they're fighting the plant. I believe it's when they're above ground. I could be wrong. It might be when they're below ground, but we got a turtle power right before they f- start to fight it again. Yeah, I got Turtle Power and they and the theme music simultaneously. So that's a rare sighting because you get both. Mm. The theme music is just so good. I love it so much. It's a jam. Um, any other turtleisms you guys had? Now, for being honest, I never write down any because I assume you guys both have it covered. <laughs> Except a Romando Bizarro because that, that was my boy Mikey. 
Andrew, when you do them, do you like catch them in the moment or are you going back and looking for them? I catch them in the moment and it's only because I've watched, um, I'm actually in season nine now. So I finally got through season eight, which was tough. Season eight was tough. Um, <laughs> I'm in season nine. I'm a few episodes in. So I, I only recognize them because it's commonly said. And so if I was starting from scratch, like let's boogaloo from episode two or three, yeah, you know, that is a, is a unique catchphrase, but I know it doesn't come back. So I've got some insight. So when I hear it, you know, there's even like a ninja power that was thrown out. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. Uh, after the turtle power. So that's one, you know, while it's a catchphrase, I don't think they say that typically. It's usually turtle power. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I do it. I do it as I go. And I, But I think for the podcast, it, it's a good idea if we keep it into a segment so that it's a little bit more clear to the listener versus just, you know, what I have been doing is just splicing in the turtle-ism um, visual and sound effect and I feel like people are going to like have a seizure after hearing like eight, eight in an episode cowabunga but so I do getting better usually I catch it as I'm like I have to go back a second time and look for them but I'm getting it's some of them are hard because it's like they become especially with Mikey where he just he seems to talk so much differently than the other turtles with all yeah. his little sayings yeah so it's hard to like when he's just in the flow saying stuff to actually pick up on some of it yeah. And I think, um, I mean, the reason I think these are fun is if we keep track of the counter. So on the website, I'll have the counter. We'll have it on the Trello. I'll see if I can share just the Trello um, card maybe. But I want to keep track to see what's the most said catchphrase or turtleism. I mean, it has to be Cowabunga. I know that's the leader right now. Cowabunga, yeah, is, is way ahead. But I think Turtle Power might be close or Shredhead or one of those might be up there as well um all right so unless anyone has any other turtleisms i was gonna say we'll go to the villain power rankings um so i guess first if do we want to add in the mutant plant as a villain at this point do we know if it comes back is it is it worth adding to the board or how do we want to handle it I think uh, it's worth adding to the board, even if it doesn't come back, because we had originally discussed, like Chris, you had mentioned, it's like the like the AP poll top twenty five, where you have ones that are ranking, and then just other villains. Yeah. Like I would like to keep track of the villains so that we can reflect as we go back. So I, I think the plant should be added, and where it ranks might change. But all right, so let's do. We want to add it first, or do we want to go through and adjust before we potentially add it? So I've got I've got it added here. Let's go through and adjust as we normally do. So this this is last week's yep. ranking. I'll run through it from best villain to worst villain from uh, what season two episode two was our last one. So we've got Krang at one. No, wrong. you got it. You're not at the top. Wrong. Sorry. Yep. I'm wrong. <laughs> I should have told you. I waited for you to do it wrong just so I could say you were wrong. Yeah. We've got Shredder <laughs> at the top. Number one, Crane. Number two, Baxter Stockman, who's been flying through the rankings. Yeah. Like he was at almost the very bottom we contemplated when he first appeared. Yeah. But Baxter Stockman is now at three. General Trag and Granitor at four. Roadkill Rodney's at five. Mauser's at six. Bebop and Rocksteady at seven. Punk's at eight. Crooked Ninja Turtle Gang at nine. And bringing in the rear are the Foot Soldiers. So that's 10, right? Yeah. yeah, so I would 10. say 
we'll and start, where, we should... where are we going with the name for this thing? Mutant alien plant or something else? Yeah, that's fine. Let's yeah, see I what. That's fine. Yeah. Unless there's another alien plant that comes in, I think we'll remember what that is. Let's see what is um. Yeah, yeah, we'll go with that for now. If I can find an official name, like in the in the show notes or something, I'll change it. Yeah. Um. So I think if we're if we're going to update first, I think Baxter. I think he has to stay where he is. Because mm-hmm. he he was successful in mutating the plant, but he also lost the crystal at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, that's like, yeah, it's hard to recover from that. Like, I yeah. think if anything, he's neutral. But losing the crystal was, and getting you know getting pied with the pizza. Even though yeah, the pl- I didn't factor that in either. Yeah, like nobody he, he made the plan and analyzed the crystal and. Yeah, but that was almost by accident. That wasn't like none of that was intentional. Because yeah. I was going to give him props for the plant finding the turtles again, but that really wasn't him. Like that was by accident that mm-hmm. they created that. So maybe a little bit of credit, but. So does he fall back then? If if he if he's got that many negatives, no, I think he still stays ahead of the rock, uh, the stone warriors, because as a total net. Like he's net neutral to me in this episode, so I think he just kind of hangs where he hangs. What about Shredder then? Does he do enough to maintain, or does he fall back? Because I think Crane, though not in the episode long, I mean he found the crystal shard in about three and a half seconds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could I could maybe make an argument you flop Shredder and Crane because Shredder also lost the crystal. Even if he gave it to Baxter, he was in charge of it at the end of the first episode. Or at the and end of the like last episode. He got fooled by pizza delivery trick. Yeah. I was gonna say, but he fooled April pretty easily. Yeah. I mean April seems pretty useless. Yeah, he did capture April. Point. Yeah, maybe it keeps Shredder, because if he captured April, I think that's better than Crane finding the, the crystal. Yeah. I think the Yeah, I think there's really not a lot of movement. What about Bebop and Rocksteady? Were they even in this episode? No, but that's what, like, I, th- like, they're so ineffectual right now. What are they even doing? Well, yeah, I think everyone that's anything. not appearing is just neutral. Like, I would argue, yeah, I would argue everybody stays. I don't think anyone's moving up or down in this episode, but I would think the mutant plant, there's an argument to be made that it's got to be up by the Mausers and in that range based off of historic ranking of Mm -hmm. other Mm -hmm. villains and what they've accomplished. Boy, hold on. I think Crane should go above Shredder right now. You do? What did Shredder did only negative things this episode? No, he captured April. Positive. Okay, but he wouldn't even have been He stole the crystal from the kids. Positive. Yeah, but he Crane got him to the crystal. That's the whole without without Crane, Shredder can't even he's just at a standstill right now. Yeah, but what's more villainous? Locating the crystal or stealing it from some kids and capturing the turtle's only human friend. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's I'm not looking at you're right. I'm not he looking at it as a villain. I was just looking at it as like if is yeah. he good at what he does. Yeah. 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 Bullying little kids is pretty villainous. Yeah. I mean he got the kids kind of got the better of him. They stomped on his foot. 
Yeah, but then we get the soft hands comment. Like that was all to set up soft hands mm-hmm. about Baxter Shockman. All right, I can I can agree with that. Sorry. All right, so back to your the mutant plant. I would say it was it, it was two out of three in terms of battles, which is basically where General Trag and Granitor were. Right. I think yeah. I was gonna yeah. say below General, above Rodney. Because I mean, I think it, above, it died, but it fell in love. Like it didn't die because it wasn't strong. It got tricked. So John's saying here, Chris, are you saying lower? I was going to say above. I was going to say below Baxter, but above General Treg. So yeah, I'm, I'm, up one I'm fine. here. Also, be honest. Like I'm, I'm starting to fade in my memory of what General Treg and Granitor even really did. They they defended Krang and Shredder from Raph and Mikey by shooting. Yeah, Krang, Krang said he was going to give him a Medal of Honor. He was so impressed. Yeah, but it was like the car flew in and then flew back out. They shot the cops. I know that. Yeah, they did the total chaos in the city though. So like they oh, have yeah, they yeah, have yeah. some clout like because they caused all that destruction in New York. Yeah. So well. I guess the question is, who did more damage to the city, the plant or the weather thing? Probably the weather thing. Yeah, but I, I probably think they should be above. That yeah, I think. Was... Yeah, more of a villain, like yeah. from a, yeah, turtle sense. Like they, the, the turtles had their hands full. Yeah, they really had their hands full. More they so. Put a than trash can on Leo. It, it dominated the turtles for a fight. Yeah. Yeah, I'm okay yeah, keeping it. He's not dressing up. Keeping it there. I do think the mutant plant will fall back as episodes go on because it has died. I mean, it had one appearance. <laughs> it doesn't come back. So. <laughs> It's hard to it's hard to recover from death, but yeah, um, R.I.P. Yeah, I think right now it's in a reasonable spot. Okay, I, like I mean, all the villains suck. <laughs> I mean, that's just the reality. Like they all get owned. You can't say maybe outside of like the robots, which don't come back. Like every other villain has significant flaws, yeah. and like the better ones are not even from this dimension. Like Krang, the mutant plant, and General Trag are all from Dimension X. Yeah. Which Splinter seems to know too much about somehow. Like he knew that all these mysterious, he's like, I think in the beginning of the episode, he's like, oh, there's a lot of mysterious things that come and go from Dimension X as though he'd been there before. Yeah, I had that same exact thought. He's, yeah, he's very like, he almost immediately knew that the plant was from Dimension X. Or yeah. theorized, rather. Yeah. So, who knows? Maybe there's more to that, but it, I thought it was weird when he said that in, bit, in my ear. Yeah. Well, so to, to recap the, the new power ranking, so Shredder, Krang, Baxter remain one, two, and three. We slotted the mutant plant into number four, and that pushes everybody else down, starting with General Dragon Granitor at five, Roadkill Rodney's at six, Mauser's at seven, Bebop and Rocksteady at eight, Punks at nine, Cricket Ninja Turtle Gang at ten, and then the Foot Soldiers at eleven. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So that's the villain power ranking. All right, and then the last segment I had uh, for this episode was pizza time. Pizza time. I I put down the, th- and we can talk about them. I had three new pizza flavors from this one. So I All had right. extra olives, which was mm-hmm. mentioned. I had extra crispy crust. And then this one's kind of tough. It was everything except green vegetables. Yeah, that yeah. counts. 
So I, I, I guess we'll just do like an everything pizza minus anything green. But um, I don't know if you guys, because the, the extra crispy crust and the everything were kind of fringe. But I figured we'd add them on just for the sake of having enough options on there. Yeah, I say Adam. Yeah, we've got our, our grandest pizza time wheel to spin. I think there's 13 entries. Excuse me, currently. Yeah. So I added um I added the Elios pizza because it says everything on it. It was easier than putting everything <laughs> on an image. So that's everything minus the green vegetables. Um next to it is the burnt crust. And then I also added the extra olives, which shout out to my wife and son. That's uh it's one of their favorite pizzas, extra olives with pepperoni. It's an interesting combo. Yeah. Um, so I think it's what John's week is. Yeah. My turn. All right. So John's up. What are you, I'll run through everything that's on the board for the listeners at home. So we've got the ones that were mentioned today were everything minus the green vegetables, extra olives and extra crispy crust. We've also got tofu and bean sprout, sashimi, anchovy, mini pizza, cornflakes, Jelly bean and mushroom, pepperoni, sausage and banana, caramel fudge and chocolate chip, peanut butter and jelly. Mm. So that's all thirteen that we've got. That's a lot of options. So John, which are you, which are you hopeful for? Which are you least hopeful for? I'm hopeful for everything or pepperoni. Because so that's just just, just you have to be just the classics. Yeah, I kind of like the mini pizza too. What I what I don't want, I don't want jelly beans, sashimi, or banana and sausage. What about anchovy? You weren't a big fan of the anchovy last. Yeah, but it. I mean, it, it'd actually be convenient because I ha- still have those in the fridge, and I can not <laughs> just do a whole fillet on it. I can actually like do something with it. So, okay. All right. Are you are we ready to I, spin? Yeah, I'm ready. I kind of want chocolate chips and like caramel fudge too. Would be good. Well, here we go. We're spinning the wheel. Also, yeah, the the music that's when the wheel spins is great. Yeah. What is that? Wow. What is that? Is that the burnt crust? <laughs> Extra crispy crust. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's fine. I mean, I'll that's, do that. That's easy. Well done. That's like what yeah. I just like a well, that's done like a well done. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. All right. So John gets extra Back crispy crust. Nice. I did thin crust this week. Hopefully, the crunch translated into the microphone. <laughs> it did. Yeah, it did. Beautiful. So that concludes our pizza time segment. Um, that's all I had on my list for segments. I don't know if you guys had anything else you wanted to bring up. I got a couple uh, things. John, do you want to go first? I was just going to say the... Um, oh, yeah. You were going to bring out the thing I got, right? In the show yeah. and tell segment. Yeah, show, show and tell. tell. Show and tell. So... Um, my birthday was earlier this month in January. Crazy that you turned forty-five. I know it's <laughs> it's crazy. Once you hit thirty, you just stop stop counting. So I'm the great Shaquille O'Neal. I'm thirty-four this year, but John um, was kind enough to grab and oh, if you're just oh the green screen the <laughs> green screen oh, yeah. i was i was very confused i was like it's see-through yeah <laughs> let me let me turn off my virtual background oh you just have an actual green screen behind you yeah so everybody will see the magic behind the uh yeah. 
the curtain here, but this is what John got me. And you can see my ring light reflection, but it's, um, it's the player character selection player start from turtles in time or hyperstone heist. Um, so it's got the lineup, Leo, Mikey, Donnie, Raph, and it says press start. And it has Mm -hmm. the one, you know, number of levels or number of lives score and stuff. So very cool. It's a shadow box by, um, create, create dash bit. Highly recommend them. I don't know cost wise what this was john but it's yeah. pretty sweet high it quality affordable. yeah it's not um like everything here looks like it's cnc cut or like professionally done it's not it's not hand you know fully handmade kind of thing so does i'll get it, that hung up does it bother you guys that Raphael doesn't hold his size correctly ever what do you mean yeah they're supposed to be held so that the pole is along your forearm because it's a defensive weapon so they're used like if somebody's gonna you can block with it if somebody's gonna hack you with a sword, the pole like protects your forearm and then you can spin it around and stab people. Yeah. But in and, a normal and, position, it's they're in against your forearms. Yeah. And I think on the I think it's outside of the forearm, and you want them to extend like a, a half an inch to an inch past your elbow because if you're taking a if you're defending, uh you want to make sure your elbow is also protected or else you know that katana or baseball bat or whatever they're swinging are going to hurt yeah. you what so the the spikes point down like Correct. down this way yeah from fingers toward elbow is where hmm. and they're also not pointed like they're ra- everything i saw is they're actually round because they are yeah. defensive so they're not used for stabbing they're 100 percent just like the actual prongs are to like catch katana blades in as a defensive hmm. thing which like he used like he slices and dices with them. I don't think they're even yeah. sharpened. <laughs> yeah, I think that just comes from lack of awareness. Because I'm pretty sure size were I, I read that Electra from DC or Marvel had size, and that's where the inspiration came from. But nobody in the U.S. really knew what they were or how to use them. Like there, it's an Americanized version of that weapon, which is yeah. not really a weapon. So because honestly, like apart from him, I've never seen them in anything else ever. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So thanks. Um, very cool. Thanks for that, John. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention, uh, speaking of green screen, so I do have one behind me. I've, I'm going to move to the side here. So we, as part of the launch, official launch of the podcast uh, on the podcast platforms, we also have our, our logo uh, or multiple logos now. So this is our my buddy Rez, who I found on Reddit, shout out to Rez. I'll put a link to his um, his handle in the show notes. But he designed this custom, you know, kind of vintage TMNT logo for us. So we've got the van, turtle van with Donnie driving, and we've got Raph hanging off the front with a menacing, you know, menacing look, some band-aids. He, he's beat up pretty well. He's got a size kind of dragon. If I can move my mic here, size dragon on the ground. Um, on the right side is Mikey. He's hanging out. He's got pizza kind of whirling around him with his nunchuck and he's smiling. Leo's on the roof, very menacing with both katanas drawn and some uh, ninja stars off to the left of him. So that's, um, that's our logo. And then uh, what I think what we're also going to do is put, if you look at the tire cover on the front, we've got the TMNT shell cast. So what we'll be doing with that one is probably putting that as well as this logo on some merch and get it on the website. I know we're definitely going to be rocking it. Um, 
very happy with how it turned out. Res did an awesome job. So thank you for that. Uh, but yeah, keep, keep your eyes out. We've also loaded those to the social media channels as well. Yep. So nice. big, big episode in terms of what of upcoming stuff. Like Andrew said, we're excited to get that stuff out and you'll start seeing a lot of it pretty much all over the place, which would be awesome. So with that being said, unless anybody else says anything, I think we are done for today's episode. Fair enough. I guess maybe, yeah. maybe just another cowabunga for me. That's about it. Yeah. Turtle power. Awesome. See you guys next week.